Hey everyone, today on the Burnout Freelancer Podcast, we're tackling one of the most challenging decisions freelancers face when building their business, whether to specialize your skills or be more of a generalist. We all know mastering a niche can help you charge higher rates, but diversifying lets you offer clients a one-stop shop. So which is the smarter move? On today's show, we'll break down the pros and cons of focusing your offerings versus expanding your repertoire as a solopreneur. We'll share our journey plus tangible tips on discovering your ideal combination of broad and niche services so you can magnify your income without losing your mind. By the end, you'll have clarity on smart ways to niche down or generalize so you can showcase your unique value to clients. Hey, everybody. We took last week off. We hope everybody had a really nice holiday week and we are ready to be back sharing all these awesome things with you. So I'm excited to talk about this topic because I have gone through this journey myself. When I first started, as you know, I was offering basic generalized things. And then I started doing this thing that I like to call VA creep. And it's basically <laughs> just start offering everything under the sun because someone will right. pay. And, you know, all of a sudden you're doing a million and one different types of tasks and you become spread very, very thin, um, especially when you're getting paid hourly. Um, you just think, well, if I'm getting paid hourly, whatever, I can just do a bunch of stuff. But I quickly learned that that was not sustainable because of the task jumping, how you're always going from task to task in your brain needs to switch a lot. And, you know, and so I realized that that wasn't for me. Probably about a year into it is when I started deciding like, okay, there's going to be less things that I'm going to offer for services. I wrote a list down of all the stuff that I didn't like doing versus stuff I did like doing. And then I realized that I was going to start kind of niching down and specializing in the tasks and the types of projects that I enjoy. I think this question or this topic is great for Latara and I because we're kind of opposites. Um, Even though I'm trying now to be more niche, I do majority generalized services. And to me, there are pros to it, but there's also cons. And I know Latara can talk about the pros and cons of niche work and, you know, how it's beneficial and some of the challenges it comes with. Uh, I've been doing this four years and... I, up until recently, did generalized services, and it was mainly because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I treated it similar to how I talked to my stepdaughter about college. Like, (laughs) I tell her, you know, because she's 15, so right now she's talking about different careers that she wants, and I'm like, before you just jump into a four-year school and get this degree in something that you're probably not going to use, why don't you go to community college, kind of learn, you know, generalized classes, and then once you figure out what you like and what you don't like, then you can niche down. So that's kind of how I relate my journey I think it's taken me so long to niche down because I didn't really know what fueled my soul. There's so many different aspects that I love. And I'm not going to sit here and say I love every aspect of my job. Um, There's things I don't like, and I'm sure everyone can relate to that, whether you're a freelancer or not. I tend to offer generalized services. And 
where I think it's benefited me, and again, everyone's journey is different, is I've also got referrals and I've uh, mainly got them from one client. And it's funny because I've gotten so many clients from this one person. She's in like these sacred circle groups and all these women need generalized services. They need email management or random graphics made sometimes for a upcoming class they're going to do or a flyer. And it's quick work. I can get work easily. But when Latara said about your brain having to jump, basically jump back and forth, that's where it's really hard for me. And that is the one downside to generalizing, again, in my standpoint, because I already have issues, memory issues as the day progresses with MS. And I do so many different things that in a certain day, you know, on a Tuesday, I could check everyone's email inbox. I could also do a website edit here. I could log into this platform that I might not even really know and try to do edits there and then help with funnels and social media. And again, it's great because I can be more of a one-stop shop, but it, it becomes a lot sometimes, especially when all these clients have deadlines or projects around the same time. It's a lot for my brain, like to try to go from being engulfed in WordPress to then get out of that and get in all the various email platforms my clients use because they don't all use the same type. Again, I can find clients pretty easily, but sometimes the workload just, it just becomes a lot. Yeah, it really does. It becomes overwhelming. And I think that's why I realized that I needed to kind of just take it down a notch, you know, and what I was offering. Yeah. And at the time that I was thinking these things, I actually ended up joining this online program. It's for freelancers. Uh, the whole like foundation of this program was to like niche down. You know, they kind of came along the lines of like, if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one, right? And we talk about that a lot when it comes to who you're marketing to on social media or who your website's re referencing or who your target audience is. People are really into the whole term like niche down. But then you'll also hear some people that are like, think about big brands like Nike and Adidas. They're not niched down. They market to freaking <laughs> So there's like give or take with every type of situation. So I was in the mindset, like maybe I need to kind of niche it down a bit and get real specific about what I do and who I offer. And this program seemed to kind of know what they were talking about. And so I actually ended up going from one extreme to the other. And I learned a big lesson along the lines doing that. <laughs> I actually lost a, quite a bit of work because of it. And oh, wow. yeah, because I had people wanting to work with me because they received referrals and references and they were like, hey, I heard you're really great. This is what I'm looking for. And I was like, yeah, sorry, I don't offer that anymore. This is what, only what I do, only what I offer. I only have two packages. That's it. Um, if you'd like, I can send it over to you and show you what's on it. They'd look at it and they'd be like, that's not what I'm looking for. And I was like, okay, well, here I have someone that I could reference, you know, that might help you out. And they'd be like, okay, great. And I just hand them off to somebody else. And that kind of sucked, right? Because I don't want to have a million different types of tasks. I'm niching down. 
And now I'm losing work, like potential leads, because I don't want to offer these services. So that started to feel like it was a con to me to niche down or a challenge. Like, is this how it's going to be for me? Am I going to miss out on a lot of work? Right? Right. Right. I can see that. Yeah. And so I gave it some time. I tried to follow, you know, what mean. There were me and a bunch of other female freelancers in this space. And we all became really close. And a lot of us actually still talk to this day online, which is super cool. And we all kind of realized, not all of us, but many of us kind of realized we were like, really extreme in this, right? So we all took a little bit of a step back and loosened up the reins a smidge, but still made it clear who we serve. So we got more clear along the lines of the type of client we were going to be taking on, right? And so at first it was just like, okay, I'm only going to be helping people that need an OBM or going to or, or need courses built inside of Kajabi. And that's it. And OBM is an online business manager. And I quickly realized putting those two together where it was quite a challenge within itself and just because of the type of work that you need to do when you're an OBM. Instead of me niching down super hard on what my services were, it ended up being who I served. And that kind of just happened throughout that whole journey naturally in itself. And I realized that I really liked working with female founders. They're just a CEO. They're in their business. Most likely they're a coach of some sort. And she is in the holistic space. At first, I thought I wanted to work with business coaches. And I quickly realized that that wasn't necessarily the right type of coach if she was just a like a business classic business coach. And that's just because we just weren't aligning like with who I am as a human. I'm not very, oh, how do I put it? (laughs) I can be unorganized to a business coach. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, yeah. And so I realized that that wasn't who I wanted. So I like working with like holistic female coaches and Usually she works in the mindset space and she's helping you with some healing and whatnot and their health. Health is super important. And as I realized, I need to niche down who I want to talk to. So I became really specialized in the type of client I wanted to talk to. But at that moment, I still was just offering a specific service and that really was still killing me. So I loosened up the reins a little bit and do anything along the lines of building your digital course, launching it, you know, helping you with your funnels, optimizing your website, building your website, managing your email marketing and strategy. So it's kind of like this little umbrella strategy in marketing with a focus that hopefully she only works with Kajabi or I'm going to migrate her over to Kajabi. But I do have a couple that still do not use Kajabi and that's okay with me now. And it's because my processes are still the same. So I've been able to evolve and create these types of processes. So for example, when I have a new client come on and this is like a brand new project for her, 
We need to get clear on strategy, branding, marketing, messaging. So I have a whole process that I follow that I have like a baseline with and they all work off from that. So if she's not using the same platform, I still feel really organized and it still feels super niche down because the point of my services is the same. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I like that. I also was really intrigued when you just said about niching down specific client demographic. And Mm -hmm. I guess I never thought of it that way when we were looking at this topic to cover on the on the show today. Um, I didn't really think of it that way. And I guess I I do niche because Mm I I'm very similar to Latara. Like I only work with female entrepreneurs who it's just them. They're the CEO, they're the founder. And my clients range from holistic birth coach to holistic light council where they channel messages through them. So my, I guess I didn't think of it that way that I would be niche down in the client space, but just not the workload um, or the type of work that I do. And you were talking about, even if people don't use Kajabi, you still use the same funnel, the same strategy, the same playbook, the same flow as you would for somebody that uses Kajabi. That's where I think you and I differ a little bit in the specializing and generalizing because I let my clients, like I do whatever, I'll give my advice and my expertise on things. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten better about trying to get my clients to all follow the same structure. But Mm -hmm. for so long, I just did whatever my clients thought was okay, you know, or how they wanted it done. So there, there, you know, could easily be a time where I had three clients who are all launching something and they all have different launch strategies and some we did together. Some of them, they decided, some of them I decided and kind of, you know, they built off of. So it was like, the, the organization wasn't there and sometimes still isn't because not all of, again, I'm trying to get all my clients now similar to Latara where no matter what platform or uh, no matter if I'm putting it on Kajabi or Moments or WordPress, like we're still following the same thing, but that still hasn't really happened too much with me. So I'm still sometimes like, oh fuck and all over the place and having right. to like make tons of notes because I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing this for this client. I need to make sure I follow A, B, and C. And then this client has A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And it just, it gets straighting. It definitely, I would say it's one of the cons or or challenges um, doing generalized work is not only flip-flopping back and forth between all of these different tasks, but also all of these different platforms and all of these different playbooks or tasks, whatever you want to call it, it can definitely be be challenging. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's how I felt for the longest time as I started realizing, okay, I've now decided who I want to work with, what type of client, right? I know what I want to do. I know what I don't want to do. That Then the next step I took to specializing is taking more of a lead in how their launch process or funnel goes. And it was a really scary step for me to do that because at first they were running the show and like obvi- and I mean and when I say running the show I mean 
we were following their current processes is what I really should be saying. Correct. Right. And like, right. weren't necessarily the most optimized. And they knew that, which is why they hired me in the first place. And so a lot of the things we were doing would take a really long time, right? And it's because we just didn't have a solid plan or a solid format. So I started seeing a lot of patterns because I was working with similar women. Uh, They're all visionaries. None of them like tech and don't like spending a lot of time in front of a computer. I realized very quickly the things that I needed to get from them had to be in a very simple format. And so that's what I've created. And then I have a whole, you know, workflow for them that they go through and how I collect information from them. And that helped me really get clear on what I was going to do and who I was going to help. If I were to do it again, right, what I would do is first start out general, get gain skills, figure out the things that you like, figure out the things you don't like. I originally thought that I hated email marketing. And that I was never going to offer it. It was actually originally in my cons list when I first niched down. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, I'm never going to offer email marketing again. I hate it. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, I spend all of my time writing email. Like I spend so much time just helping someone figure out their email marketing strategy. No. So we just wanted to pause real quick and say a little side note. Since we're talking, we had a little mention about email marketing. If you are looking for an email platform that you are wanted to work with or you wanted to check out, we highly recommend you check out Flowdesk. Right now, we have a code for you down in our show notes and um, you can try it out free for a little while and get it half off. So feel free to click that link below. It's super easy, user-friendly, beautiful email templates already set up for you to try. Landing pages, you can do checkouts if you wanted to. And it's a great place to connect your service guide as well. So feel free to check that out in the show notes and back to the show. And the reason why I thought I didn't like it is because I wasn't working with the niche down type of client. Right. Right. And And I can see that. mm -hmm. And figure out the things that you like and that you don't like, and then try to niche down on the type of client and then niche down more on the type of services that you're going to be offering her to gain more more skill of a skill set so then you can start taking the lead and when you start taking the lead you won't feel so all over the place because you're like setting the pace of how things need to be when it was generalized it's like hey i'm gonna send you task after task after task after task after task And all these people are coming at me with all these tasks. And I do not like short, quick tasks. And I think that's part of like my ADHD. It's going to take me six months to do something that literally takes five minutes. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, and I don't like it because I like getting deep into something. I'm going to become like hyper-focused on. Most of the projects I do involve like deep thought, lots of strategy, lots of thinking, how am I going to make their designs be a step above the others, you know? And I really love that type of work. And if I was still generalized, I wouldn't be able to do that. It's funny because Latara just showed me like uh, a mapping she made for a client's calendar and Kajabi. And I looked at it and was like, oh my fucking God, this is so detailed and so (laughs) 
but it's um it was amazing and i think that's where we differ a little bit and why i like generalized services mm-hmm. because sometimes you know, with my ms some days are really great like i'm i'm happy yeah. i'm upbeat my brain is i'm able to f- fully focus and other days it's like i feel like i physically have to pull myself out of bed um and to get stuff done so it gives me a little bit of a serotonin boost when I have smaller tasks and I can send in Slack or email or however I communicate with that particular client, when I can send a green check mark and say, email checked, like it helps. It's a great way for me to start the day doing smaller tasks because then it helps me get more focused for the rest of the day. If I started off my day with like something super detailed, similar to what Latara was just doing, I would give up and go back to bed. Like I would be like, this is, I would push it. I would push off something bigger like that, which you can't push off. You can't push off any task or you shouldn't. We all do it, you know, a little bit. I would push off the bigger tasks and do the smaller ones first. Like I I know that about myself. And when I do get a list, whether it's in Notion or email or Slack, I always do the quick ones first. And one, because it makes me feel good. And two, I can just get it out of the way and that way I don't miss it. And I'm the exact opposite. Right. And that's where we differ. And so I think that's why I knew generalized work was not for me. But I will say always have a freelance bestie who does generalized work because it will come in handy. Prime example, Molly and I just had a real life situation. I had someone that connected with me and wanted me to work with her. And we were emailing back and forth for a few days and her budget that she currently had wasn't really aligning with my services and my rates. She was asking me about like my lower tier and what I would be doing in it and what I normally do for my clients and how many hours I would be working. I had to explain to her, well, it's not necessarily about the hours. It's about the type of work I'd be doing for you at this rate and the level of work I would be doing. And she was like, you know, this is great. Oh my gosh. But based off from where I'm currently at in my business and what's going to be happening over the next few months and six months or whatever, that doesn't really make sense for what I need right now. And she's like, so I'm going to keep you in mind. And I was like, well, hey, I think I might actually have someone. My girlfriend does more generalized services that really sounds like what you want. So I'd love to have you connect with her. And I asked Molly and Molly's like, yeah. And I connected her with Molly and she hired Molly. Yep. Now she's my newest client. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so it's always good to know, even if you, you are niching down or you're generalized, you have a friend that does the other side of the work that you're not doing. Yeah. I mean, roles reversed. A similar thing happened one of my current clients asked me to perform a task, one I had not done before. Two, it was something that I can't, I couldn't just be a yes man about. It was way too detailed and important for me to just be like, yeah, I'll figure it out. It's not something I niche about. It's not something I offer. I recommend a Latara and my client cannot stop talking about her. She's like, she is so awesome. She's, She's so sweet. <laughs> and it it just, it works out. One, we talked about this in other episodes, making sure you have a freelance community. One, so somebody you can talk to that understands what you're going through, but also so you can bounce 
referrals off each other. Like Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've said it numerous times. Most of my clients are referrals in one way or or another. And, you know, when you're talking about niche and generalizing, I like what you said earlier, Latara, in reference to we're all going to start off general and niche who you want to serve first And then you can start niching the actual services. Um, I think sometimes people try to niche the service before they niche who they're... uh... Well, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I said that I... And I wish I didn't, you know, and it took me a very long time to figure that out. So I definitely recommend that too. Niche the the type of person first. Yeah. And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have thought of that. And I know a lot of people who are just beginning... I don't think that's something that crosses their mind either. I think it's it's either I need to know everything or I yeah. need to know one thing. Nobody right. ever talks about the people you're working with. Right. 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 Exactly. And I and I see a lot of that happening on social media. Like me, I say in my bio like who I work for or who I work with. And some people will do that too, but there are a lot of people that are just custom show it templates or what customized WordPress or launch specialist or whatever, but they don't go into any detail about who they work with. And I think that that is so incredibly important because, because you have to align with the client first on a human level. Yeah, you do. And I've, I've learned this and it just never clicked until you mentioned it I definitely worked with people where the type of work that we did was something I was very familiar with, mm-hmm. but and it's not saying that they were bad people or mean to me or anything. You're just not going to click with everybody when you go out and you're being social. Most people don't click with every single person they talk to. So you're not going to normally click with every one of your clients. And I've definitely had it where I take on somebody because it's work that I know how to do. And then a few months down the line, I'm like, this isn't working. Like we're not vibing. And so that's when I realized I work with female entrepreneurs who are holistic or spiritual coaches. I I can't emphasize it enough. It's really one of the most important things when you're evolving as a freelancer to figure out who you serve, who you want to serve, and maybe who's not for you. Yeah, exactly. And if you wanted to see how Molly and I have our services broken down so you can see the difference based off from what we offer, we always display our service guides in the show notes to give you an example of how you can set your service guides up or your portfolios up for your future clients. And so feel free to take a peek at those. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode for today, speaking to generalizing or niching services. And what we learned is niche your clients first. Um, As Mm -hmm. always, please rate, review, follow us, subscribe, all the things. We'll love you forever. Any questions you have, you can always send an email to I'm tired at the burnout freelancer.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We had so much fun. We'll see you next week. Bye.